It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The 2023 Miami Dolphins Prospect Spotlight Series continues with Utah tight and Dalton Kincaid, a potential contender for the Dolphins' first pick in this 2023 NFL Draft. Who he is, how he fits, and where the Dolphins would have him stack up versus the other prospects available in the 2023 NFL Draft at tight end. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I want to thank you guys for checking out Locked On Dolphins, making it your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, now that I've gotten through whatever uh, scratches were in the back of my throat there on the intro, uh, we're going to talk about Dalton Kincaid, another tight end prospect, getting close to winding up the tight end series. A lot of volume this week on the tight end position, uh, and we want to spotlight as many draft-eligible prospects that might be day two fits for the Dolphins as we possibly can. We are continuing that experience and series here today on the show. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Dalton Kincaid, University of Utah, one of the most prolific pass catchers at the tight end position this season in all of college football. Kind of had a chance to shine a little bit more this year because the other, and I'll use air quotes, the other tight end at Utah, Brent Kythe, uh went down with an injury early in the year and allowed Kincaid to step up and take on a much more diverse role. Ironically enough, kind of how like Devontae Smith took on a bigger, more robust role with the Alabama offense when Jalen Waddle went down the year that uh, those guys were coming through the NFL draft process. So uh, an opportunity was met with tremendous production for Dalton Kincaid. So we're going to start here today on the show by setting the table on who Dalton Kincaid is, and then we're going to talk about how he fits amongst the Dolphins' current personnel and the scheme in which we're expecting the team is going to continue to look to evolve. And then finally, we'll stack him up versus the tight ends that we do have graded. You can see down here on the bottom, we do have the five tight ends that we have covered thus far ranked in my personal preference and how I have graded them as potential fits for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, we're going to keep building that out. We'll have 10 in total at the tight end position when it's all said and done. So here's Dalton Kincaid. Here's what you need to know. Who is he? He is a 6035 tight end, so six foot three and five eighths of an inch. He weighed in at the NFL combine at 246 pounds, had a 78 and three eighths inch wingspan, a 32 and five eighths inch arm length and a 10 and one quarter inch hand size. He did not test. We have incomplete athletic profile for Dalton Kincaid as things currently stand because Dalton Kincaid 
suffered throughout the course of this season a small fracture in his back that he played through in the Pac-12 championship game against the USC Trojans. But we haven't had a chance to see him test athletically, which is always at least a footnote in your scouting report. But we have uh, the context of, of his statures, and he certainly passes all the thresholds needed to be an NFL tight end, and you should rest easy there. He com- or he caught 70 passes for 890 yards and eight touchdowns last season, his second consecutive season in which he scored eight touchdowns. And what's really interesting about Kincaid, especially from an if you're going to put him through the lens of an NFL draft prospect, is he only played one year of high school football uh, in Faith Lutheran High School in Las Vegas. He was also a basketball player. He was All-State and All-Conference in the one year that he played. And because he only played one year of high school football, he didn't really have a lot of interest. So he played uh, at the University of San Diego first and was an AP All-American in 2019 as a sophomore and then transferred to Utah and played three seasons with Utah. So this is a redshirt senior, two years at a smaller level of competition before leveling up to Utah and progressing through each of his three seasons, just the production and the evolution of production, one reception for 14 yards as a true junior, and then 36 for 5'10 and eight touchdowns as a senior in 2021, and then 70 for 890 and eight touchdowns this past season. So uh, some of the other tight ends that we have talked about, production has kind of been an, an asterisk on them. Dalton Kincaid will have his own asterisks, but they will not be as a result of production. Uh, but the fact that the growth and the development has been so sudden in the midst of being so new to the game of football, he's played football for six years. That's very exciting. Uh, and, and I certainly think that is something when we do the accounting on Dalton Kincaid and his forecast and projection and when he gets drafted uh, is probably going to work in his favor. Uh, As far as the injury that he suffered, it was described as a small fracture in his back. It was nothing that prevented him from playing in the uh, Pac-12 championship game, did not require surgery. uh, But as this process is playing out, there's a healing process that's required to get you back to 100%. And that will oftentimes in the pre-draft process for rookies uh, conflict with your ability to to train for all of the athletic testing. And that's kind of where Dalton Kincaid finds himself right now. So because of that, this is a player who is um, probably going to pass through and teams are going to have to trust whether it is uh, film-based analytical GPS timing or if the University of Utah has actual GPS timing from game speed, but I don't have any problems with this guy's game speed. I will say that with the utmost certainty. He is very fluid. Uh, He is very uh, aggressive to get down the field and get behind the second level. But as a player who is 6'3 he doesn't have some of the, the same challenges that other tight ends that we have seen here in Miami the last couple of years as far as leveraging and playing through contact and, and so on and so forth. So I think that kind of sets the stage of who Dalton Kincaid is as a football player. 
which sets it up perfectly to discuss how he fits within the Dolphin system. But before we get there, the March Madness tournament is coming to a close, but there's still plenty of action to get in on. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, FanDuel is giving customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. And you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to three scores to who's cutting down the net and everything in between, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So how's he fit? Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. I think as I watched him, what became a very apparent uh, is this is the most robust receiving skill set of any tight end in this class that I have watched. I still have to do Tucker Craft. I still have to do Davis Allen. I do, still have to do Luke Schoemaker, and I still have to do Zach Coons. The hands, the ball skills, they're on par with that of Sam Laporta. But there's a certain level of route running that I think Kincaid is much smoother, more fluid than even Laporta. And I think about what the Dolphins have on the roster at tight end right now, specifically with a player that I've been hoping to see the Dolphins take an upgrade opportunity in, in um, Durham Smythe. I think Dalton Kincaid... And the, there, there's an overlap with how the Dolphins, not just with Mike McDaniel, but going back to the Brian Flores versions of Durham Smythe. And I apologize in advance. There's a million percent chance I'm going to call either Durham Smythe, Dalton Kincaid, or I'm going to call Dalton Kincaid Durham Smythe before this podcast is over. He is the top shelf deluxe version of the kind of player that the Dolphins have asked Durham Smythe to be for the past several seasons, not just this year in this offense. A lot of work underneath, little hook routes, little flares, little split flow inside zone with releases into the flat. Uh, He can run the seam. He can run corners. He'll run slot fade. They'll move him all over. They'll short motion him. They move him all over this offense. He was a featured player in this offense. You can't say that for Durham Smythe. But as far as the execution of fits in the run game, being a blocker, being somebody who you're parlaying play action passes off of to get quickly out into the flat and get the ball into his hands, running quick routes underneath, he is 
an elite version of that kind of player. And I think that ceiling, quite frankly, is pretty high. I want to make sure I get the uh, the numbers right, but there was another player that he reminded me of that played out West, uh, played for BYU, and had a very productive career, if not for injuries that derailed his, his career. And that player was Dennis Pitta. If you don't remember Dennis Pitta, uh, I don't blame you. Um, he started his career in 2010, and he played for uh, the BYU Cougars and then got drafted to play for the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth round. And he played his whole career there, and his rookie year was quiet, and then he had 10 touchdowns the next two seasons, and there was like a 700-yard receiving season in there with almost 100 targets, and then he had a hip injury, and he played in seven games in two years, and then he came back healthy in 2016 after missing all of 2015, and he caught 86 passes for 750 yards and two touchdowns, and it was this great redemption success story, and then he was out of the league because the injuries just, there was a back, there was a hip, there was a bunch of stuff, and he just couldn't hold up with the rigors of the NFL. But when I tell you there were few players in the NFL who I had a bigger crush on watching play than Dennis Pitta, I got the same stuff with Dalton Kincaid. I think he is a sufficient in-the-way blocker. Well, he picks up second-level stuff really good, but he's not Darnell Washington for the work that he can do at the A-level of the line of scrimmage. He's not going to line up in line and mow you over. As a matter of fact, often there, oftentimes there was another tight end that was in the game that prevented Dalton Kincaid from being put in those positions. He was off the ball frequently, but he can line up in line. And usually when he lined up in line, he was going out and in running routes. There is no tight end that I have studied thus far who gets through traffic in the middle of the field faster than Dalton Kincaid. He negotiates contact well. He releases off of being capped at the line of scrimmage really well. He uses physicality at the top of the route stem really well. Runs a ton of in-breaking stuff across the middle of the field. They use this slow mesh with him in which he kind of delays on his crosser, and, and it's a run-after-catch opportunity where against zone coverage, there's a clear out on the other side. That hook curl defender is gone because it's a slow mesh, and he takes off, and he punishes DBs. So I think Dalton Kincaid could really serve as a direct upgrade opportunity over Durham Smythe, and that excites me because I think Darnell Washington is a completely different element that would be brought to the offense. I think Sam Laporta is somewhat of a new layer to be put in. Kincaid, I think, is more dynamic, more fluid, and I would venture to say has better ball skills and is probably um, better after the catch than Sam Laporta. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying maybe. I, I, I have the table up here. We're going to be doing some stuff here in the near future uh, for some exclusive content here on Locked On Dolphins that's going to give you guys a chance to get your hands on all of these behind-the-scene projects and stuff that I'm doing. So I'm very excited to kind of set some of that stuff up and just let you know that that's on the table. But if I hold Kincaid up against Laporta side-by-side, side, I have Kincaid better with his center gravity I have better hands, 
better run after catch ability, better length. They're equal almost everywhere else. I have Laporta better in two areas, pass protection and run block. But I think Kincaid has a bigger area to grow into, even though they're both short shelf life tight ends as far as their developmental curves, because I look at Laporta with the length that he has and the limitations that are always going to be persistent there. Kincaid doesn't have those. He's about 32 and a half. So this is a really, really fascinating player that grades out more favorably than Sam Laporta because there's more in the areas that Laporta is strong. And then there's also some more room for growth in the areas that he is currently behind Laporta. The question, and I think the, there, there's a context clue here with who the Dolphins went after that I think actually gives, gives me a little bit of interest that this might be a player that if he was on the board, the Dolphins would really perk up to. And that's the fact that the Dolphins were interested in Irv Smith. Irv Smith is not a Darnell Washington type tight end. He is an athletic six foot three, 240 pound playmaker, potential playmaker with the ball in his hands. There's been some durability issues there, and that's all. It is what it is. But if I had to pick who Irv Smith is more like amongst the tight ends that we have studied thus far, and we've now done six, he's probably like Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta. So that's to say the Dolphins are, are in the market for this kind of tight end. They're, they're not exclusively, we need an inline six foot six, 260 pound player or bust at tight end. I would love to get that because I think that changes the game for the expectations for the tight end room and gives you a dramatic upgrade opportunity in the run game at the point of attack. Whereas Dalton Kincaid, as I said, the overlaps with Durham Smythe, this is a little bit more of a split flow player this is a little bit more of a second level blocker not somebody who's going to help you create positive push in the run game is that a deterrent i don't know because i don't know what their optimal um archetype is i suppose we're going to finish here by talking about where he's drafted and we've already kind of alluded to where he, we started to allude to where he's ranked. So we're going to talk specifically about where he is ranked amongst the tight ends in the grading scale that's been created specifically for the Dolphins here on Locked on Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I, my first inclination is that this is going to be the first tight end off the board. Unless the back injury issues that have lingered are considered to be a risk or a deterrent for NFL teams. 
you might say, well, we don't, it's a good tight end class. There's other good options. We don't want to draft the guy with the medical, with the back medical first. But we've alluded to Dalton Kincaid has an element of developmental upside while already being and developing into an impact tight end at the position, at the college level. So you look at the growth, you look at the production, you look at the athletic profile from what we can glean off of film, and then you consider there's still the potential that this is scratching the surface, and he doesn't have the limitations of Mayer and Laporta as far as being shorter-armed players, and he's much more refined, much more fluid, much less linear than Luke Musgrave. I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy who gets his name called first, which probably puts him out of the strike zone for the Miami Dolphins unless there is the element of injuries that drops him down the board. Now, if that is the case and he's there at 51, this would be another absolute slam dunk because as I I directly said, I think this is an immediate upgrade over the tight end that you have on the roster that has been charged with serving as the primary inline tight end. Now, maybe that will be Eric Saubert when it's all said and done. But I think there's some fun comparables between Eric Saubert and his skill set and how Kincaid would would complement that as well. Saubert is a little bit more of a seam buster. Um, Kincaid can run the seam, absolutely. And there's some potential vertical elements in the passing game, and the Dolphins are one of the more vertical passing offenses in football. They had an average in 10-year yards downfield further than any other team in football last year. With those two athletes, if you put them on the same side and you present a heavy alignment for a run strength perspective, and then you push play-action passing and you run behind that with this kind of athleticism between both Saubert and what he did with Denver and Kincaid and what he has showcased, you could do some damage and you could put, put, continue to put some strain on opposing defenses in new ways with your personnel. I have the sneaking suspicion this film study was more than us and our hopes for the Dolphins, kind of an aspiration or kind of an invigoration of what my ultimate utopian outcome is, which is Darnell Washington, because I still do have Darnell Washington stacked as the top tight end that I have studied for the Dolphins. Kincaid's going to slot as number two. He's going to go in front of Sam Laporta, which means Laporta falls to three, Michael Mayer is four, Brenton Strange is five, and Luke Musgrave would be six of the six that we have studied to this point in time. And he's about equally graded from a distance perspective from both of the two names at the top. So we had alluded to it was Darnell Washington and then everybody else. And now it's a pretty equal split between the tier of Darnell Washington, the tier of Dalton Kincaid, and then the tier of Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer. So I think there's a a divide, a pretty clear tier divide. Kincaid is the top receiving upgrade in my mind. Washington is the top overall upgrade and brings a new element. And because of that, that's why I have Washington stacked above Kincaid as a potential addition for the Dolphins in my eyes, in my opinion. I hope you guys enjoyed 
this discussion on yet another tight end prospect. As we said, we have uh, a handful more to go. We are going to do Tucker Craft next, which is a player I'm very excited to put under the microscope. I've been familiar with him going back to the summertime. I want to put him under the lens and microscope specifically as it pertains to skill sets and the Miami Dolphins. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. You can find Locked on Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back to talk to you all again soon. Fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.